Welcome to Yin Untangled. I'm Kat Mead. Welcome everyone to this latest episode of Yin Untangled. I am your host, Kat Mead, owner of The Yin Method. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about three different ways of sequencing yin yoga classes. Before we get into that though, two things. One, I apologize for not having a new episode last week. I had been sick and didn't have much of a voice, so I thought it was best to just skip it. So I did, but I'm ready now to get back into it. Clearly, you're listening to this. You can hear that I'm getting back into it. Second, I am sending out a shout out to people who might be listening in Norway. So that might seem a little bit random, but a few weeks ago, I got a message on Instagram from someone who wanted to let me know that this show has reached Norway. Um, And I took a screenshot of it and shared it on my story. And they wrote another reply back saying, um, we've just finished a weekend of yin yoga teacher training and I've recommended your show to our participants Um, And I think that's pretty darn cool, the fact that people all over the world can hear this podcast and are getting something out of this podcast. It's really, really exciting. Um, So if you're listening in Norway, hello, special shout out to you this week. And to everyone near and far, hello to you as well. It's amazing to have all of you here. All right, let's get into it. So a couple of different ways that we can go about sequencing yin yoga classes and things to think about when we're sequencing yin yoga practices. So obviously there's many, many varied ways to approach yin yoga sequencing. And the two best ways to know what works is to A, practice and B, practice. So that's A, practicing your sequence in your own body and practicing your sequence with people in front of you. A little side note here. When I first started teaching yoga, I would always at the end of my classes ask for feedback. Now, I've been teaching for a while now, and I don't actually recommend doing that. Firstly, mostly people just said, yeah, it was good, because mostly people are polite to your face. Most people, especially, look, I'm saying most people, and this is a really broad generalization, um, but people, if they don't know the ins and outs of teaching yoga, probably won't have constructive feedback to give you. Plus, if they hated the class, it's highly unlikely they'll say it to your face. I mean, maybe they will, but do you really want that? Is that really going to be helpful to you if it's not constructive feedback? Anyway, the point is, If you want feedback on your classes, ask people who are going to be constructive. Okay, back to the topic at hand, sequencing. So the first thing I really want to talk about is sequencing for safety. Safety in any yoga class is right at the top of the list of important things to consider. When we're teaching or practicing yin yoga, we're targeting tissues in our body that do not respond well to moving fast when they have pressure or stress on them. So think about your joints, your ligaments, your bones. These are parts of the body that are thought of as yin, and it's really important in this context to move them slowly. So especially because in a yin yoga practice, we're asking our muscles to relax. And if our muscles are relaxed, they are less equipped 
to protect those yin tissues, which they do in a more active practice. Of course, they are not ill-equipped to protect your tissues, but they're just relaxed. So we want to keep them relaxed so that we can go deeper. That's why we need to move slow. If you're wondering how that actually relates to safety, it's this. Don't offer too many poses. Don't be afraid of space, time, stillness. Don't be afraid of it being quiet or if people start fidgeting. That's their stuff to deal with. So generally in a one hour class, which often I find really super short, I will do five or maybe six poses. In my opinion, you're better off doing less for a longer amount of time, including your resting and rebound poses, than throwing all of the things in. So sequencing for safety might even look like throwing away your planned sequence and being able to offer poses that are more suitable for people that are actually in front of you. You know, if you have a sequence prepared that involves all of the forward folds, but three out of five of your students in front of you have lower back issues, that might not be the best thing to do that day. And that's just one very broad example, but it makes a lot of sense to me. So of course, being able to do that, be able to throw out your planned sequence comes with practice. In yin, we teach surrender. So as the teacher, we need to be able to surrender as well. And as I just said, that just comes with practice and knowing the poses and knowing what the target areas are and knowing what the contraindications of poses are. So safety is a really important way to sequence. And I feel like that's super obvious, but it needs to be said sometimes. All right. So sequencing for safety includes the variable of who you have in front of you. In fact, sequencing in general includes the variable of who you have in front of you. Now, I would like to talk next about sequencing for certain energy channels or meridians. So I'm going to use the simple example of the kidneys and urinary bladder energy lines here. And this is a quick recap, I think. I can't remember exactly what we talked about in the fascia episode. It feels like it was so long ago now. Uh, But I think this will be a quick recap of that. In yin, we are either working with tension or compression in our body. Generally, if you're stretching one side of your body, it's likely that you're compressing the opposite side. So if you think of a pose like Sphinx pose, which is a chest opener, a belly opener, hip opener, we're compressing the lower back. We're bringing the bones of our spine closer together. On the opposite side of the body, we're finding the tension. So in Sphinx pose, where we're lying on our belly, we're chest lifted up, resting on our elbows, we are tense, finding tension or a stretch in the front side of our body. Whereas in the back side of our body, our bones are moving closer together. So our vertebrae are moving closer together and we're finding a compression. So this is important when it comes to working with energy channels, because A, you need to know where they are. And B, you need to know how to target them with yin poses, which is really obvious. With the kidneys and urinary bladder energy channels, which are a yin-yang pair, they are located within the superficial back line of our fascia. 
these channels, they run like rivers through our fascia or our connective tissue, and they carry within them memories, messages, water, energy, and emotions. And so we can either use that tension or that compression to find space and untangle the energy that relates with our kidneys and urinary bladder in this example. So if I was sequencing a kidney class, which I do a lot, um, I find it's extremely useful for most people to work with this energy regularly. I would do mostly forward folds because that is creating a tension and making space within the back line of the body. Think about feeling sensation in the backs of the legs, the glutes, and we also round our spine to make space here. But we can also introduce compression into the back line to work this energy. We can do, as I've already mentioned, poses like Sphinx or supported bridge, which I love, and that's just to name a few. Um, and they create a certain stress that when we release out of that stress, we create a release of energy with it, and that leaves more space. And we also create a an influx of energy into that area of the body. So we're releasing possibly stagnation and letting a fresh, you know, injection of energy and blood and breath, chi, to enter that space as well. All right, powering on through. <laughs> the third way we can sequence yin yoga classes, and as I said, there's many, many different ways to sequence. This is not an extensive list. But a third way is by area of the body. So we can sequence specifically for the hips, the backs of the legs, the shoulders, the spine. I love doing hip classes. They are often challenging. And you'll find that if you've created a safe space for people, that people tend to have emotional releases in these types of classes. You may have heard it before, said before that we hold a lot of energy, a lot of tension, a lot of emotion in our hips. And this is a really great chance to release some of that. So the thing about sequencing for a specific area of the body, or for anything really, is that even the poses you've chosen won't work for everyone. So people have knee issues, hip issues, lower back issues, people have shoulder issues. And so you need to also know how to vary these poses to suit different people. Or you can have other options to offer them. So having other options available that are going to get into the target area, but in a safe way for them. So again, I'm just going to say this again, it all comes down to practice and working with people and working with lots of different bodies and knowing what works. And, you know, you might have to sit with someone for six minutes in a pose, trying to figure it out for them that whole time. That's okay. That's okay. And then we circle back to safety. So it's the number one thing when you're sequencing a class, either for yourself or for others. Make sure it's safe, make sure you're attentive, make sure you have the flexibility to make necessary changes to your plan, and make sure people know that if they have a question or if they're not sure, they can put their hand up and let you know, because sometimes in yin, people will just go into a shape that they think is right, and maybe they're not feeling much. Um, yeah, so make sure people know that they can ask questions and that you'll help them if they need to. All right, well, I think that is it for this episode. A few little ideas on sequencing yin yoga practices there. 
If you are interested in some upcoming online courses that I am putting together, please do head to my website, which is theyinmethod.com slash links and sign up to my mailing list. You will receive a bunch of freebies once you sign up too, which is always fun. If you have any thoughts or feedback, please send me an email, theyinmethod at gmail.com or follow me and get in touch on Instagram at theyinmethod. I am on there fairly often and I post daily. I would love to hear from you. I am so happy every time someone sends me a message or an email saying that they've been listening and that they've been getting something out of the show. It's really great. It's really heartwarming to me. So thank you to the people who have done that and the people who are yet to do that. (laughs) So I can't wait to release these courses into the world that I am creating. It's all very exciting at the moment. I've really got the drive to get this done and offer into the world the things that I know because actually I know a lot. Of course, please subscribe, review and rate this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening from if you can. That would be a really big help, especially if you liked the show. Thank you so much for being here. I will catch you next time. Bye. Mm -hmm.